fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into the program. It is a Friday. Hey, you finally made it, baby. It is the end of the week. Pat yourself on the back. You scream ice cream. We all scream for ice cream because it is the day where you can indulge in that ice cream. Maybe some adult beverage-infused ice cream. Who knows whatever your flavor of the day is. (laughs) Let's have some fun. You made it, man. Let's pat yourself on the back. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, plus the TV and the live streaming and the podcasting, however you watch or listen. Welcome aboard your Millennial General, reporting for duty like we do every single day. This, for me, is our number four of talk radio for the day today. Got the honor and privilege to be able to fill in for Todd Starnes, the Todd Starnes radio program. You can find him at ToddStarnes.com. Great host, great individual, based out of Memphis, Tennessee on 990, the mighty 990 KWAM out of Memphis, where, ironically... A station that picks up my weekend syndicated program as well on Saturday evening. So uh, it's great for us to have that partnership. He was traveling out as he's going to be filling in on Newsmax this evening, which you can find him at 10 p.m. Eastern time on Newsmax. So had the privilege and honor to fill in for him. I'll be doing it again on Tuesday, August 22nd. I'll be filling in for his show again as well. So that was a lot of fun and always appreciate the opportunity to do so. Coming up on this program today, Kathy Barnett. She is the grassroots uh, campaign director and the political advisor for the Vivek Ramaswamy presidential campaign. As you know, Ramaswamy is on the way up in the polls, overseeding in many polls uh, Ron DeSantis coming into that number two slot. Now, again, I put this into perspective for some because Donald Trump is still with a large margin above all the other candidates by like a sum of 30 to 40 to 50 percent above the rest of the other candidates. He's sitting at about 60, uh, between 65 to 70 percent approval rating right now. And the other ones are floating in the teens uh, for all of the other candidates. So but nonetheless, Ron DeSantis has been on the way down. Vivek Ramaswamy on the way up. And it'll be interesting to see what they have to say coming from a latest campaign update from the presidential team. We got a lot to talk about today, though, especially with our latest in what's trending for a Friday. What's trending today? As the latest news, latest and greatest comes out of Washington, D.C. with the ongoing investigations regarding Hunter Biden. Now, I want to put this into perspective for you because I know you've heard a lot about the investigations on Trump and the indictments and the the research on Hunter Biden and the IRS whistleblowers. Well, there's some new progress, if you want to call it progress, that's been made on the Hunter Biden investigation where the Department of Justice, one of the most radical politically active, politically engaged, politically biased Department of Justices under the Attorney General Merrick Garland is now consuming the Hunter Biden investigation and trying to take it away from the House of Representatives and their committees that are currently investigating Hunter Biden. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. They're just one of the doing the, uh, hey, come on, don't worry, we'll handle it. This is like the UFO thing where the, the, the black suits, the men in black, the government walks in and be like, don't worry. We'll handle this from here on out. We'll take it from here. Remember in Die Hard, when the FBI shows up, hey, not anymore, you're not. We're in charge now. And we're going to go by the book. When the bad guys obviously knew the book, they knew the play of the book, and they were anticipating the playbook of the book from the Federal Bureau of Investigations in that great movie. A great classic of Die Hard 
rest in peace. I don't think Bruce Willis has passed yet, but uh, uh, terrible for his situation that he's in right now. Nonetheless, they follow that book, but they consume it because they're going to take charge of that situation. Well, right now, we have a House of Representatives committees, multiple committees, that have been investigating Hunter Biden with recorded documents of audio and video and text messages and uh, IRS tax records that were intentionally buried. We knew that were intentionally buried. We saw the Hunter Biden laptop situation where the FBI literally turned it away thinking that it was quote-unquote fake news and it was uh, Russian propaganda when we knew darn well that it was not, and they knew darn well that it was not until they forcefully took it back and like, okay, I guess we'll investigate it. Well, now we're seeing the same thing from the Department of Justice as they're working to try and consume the investigation on Hunter Biden, take it away from the House of Representatives, and God knows do what they want to do with this investigation moving forward. And Jason Smith, the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee in the House, uh, said on Fox News earlier today that this is probably not the best idea. It's it's great to be with you, Sandra. I think that this should be concerning to all Americans that this is an attempt to whitewash the Biden family corruption. I mean, Mr. Weiss is the single architect over that sweetheart plea agreement deal that the judge in Delaware threw out just a few weeks ago as saying it was awful and unfair. There were provisions within that that sweetheart plea deal that granted complete immunity to Hunter Biden for these crimes and future crimes. And she even stated that she's never seen anything like that before. And who was the architect of that? Now the person who, Garland, who, President Biden's Justice Department just appointed to be special counsel. I am very fearful that appointing the special counsel is just an attempt to stonewall Congress's investigation of the Biden family. That was again Jason Smith with the Ways and Means Committee in the House of Representatives on Fox News. Imagine, if you will, a Department of Justice that has been proven time and time again to be the most politically engaged, politically active, politically biased Department of Justice that we've ever seen in American history. When the legal system is supposed to be staying away from politics, but yet we have the department now that is willingly and knowingly and intentionally trying to use politics to sway legal matters for their own political gain to make sure to lockstep and make sure it can never happen again. you got to remember, at the end of the day, this is all about trying to preserve the elite desperate. I say this all the time, but Democrats, progressives, DOJ, you might want to cover yourself up a little bit here. You're exposing yourself and your desperation showing just a little bit. Desperate to get back to business as normal in Washington, D.C. And what is that business as normal in Washington, D.C.? Being able to close the doors, have that smoke-filled cigar room, talk about deals from both sides of the aisle, say, hey, we'll rub your back, you rub our back, you pass this legislation, we'll pass that legislation. You can pretend to fight against legislation by allowing it through committees that you may control, and then you can vote against it on the floor for your record for the constituents, but at the same time, you allowed it to happen behind the scenes before it even got to that. you got to remember, if, and if you know anything about your legislative seats at the statewide level, it is very, very difficult for a bill to actually get up above that line to be voted on or even debated on the House or the Senate floors in your state legislature. It's very difficult. There are hundreds and hundreds of bills in your state legislature 
that go through, that are written, that are proposed, that are talked about, that are discussed, that are debated in different committees and subcommittees and don't even get to that level. And then once it gets to one chamber, let's say the House of Representatives, it gets through and above that line to be debated and voted on there. Then it goes to the other chamber where they're like, if it's not a priority for them, meh, thanks. Okay, we'll table it. We'll discuss it later. And 90% of the time doesn't even get above there. Now, that's at a statewide level. Imagine that happening at a federal level on how many bills are proposed, all the stuff that they want to do. In order for them to get anything done, they want that smoke-filled room that's behind closed doors. They want those special deals to say just allow it to go through the committee and then vote against it when it comes to the floor. You can look and have that persona and have that appearance of fighting against it when in reality you allowed it to get to that point knowing that you're in the minority. That's why Mitch McConnell's so good at his job in the Senate. And I say good in the sense that he's good at playing that game because he's not really a conservative fighting for values or else we would never have had Obamacare that he allowed to get through those committees before they voted against it on the floor of the Senate. He allowed that intentionally at that time to allow Obamacare. So we have this game that's played in D.C. that's a very sick, twisted, manipulative game, and they want it back. And they were never able to do so now Donald Trump came in, exposed a lot, so what do they do, as a good narcissist does? Whatever they're going through, they have to blame it on Donald Trump. We have the uh, Russian collusion, we have the spyware, we have all the stuff that they claimed that, by, that Trump was doing, when in fact the Clinton family was doing and that the Biden family's doing. And they continue to benefit from it. And they want it to go away. And the only way they, they know how to make it go away is put the trust back in the quote-unquote legal system that got them to this point to just look the other way, which is Merrick Garland, a radically left progressive individual, and the Department of Justice, where they're going to say, we're creating a special committee. It'll be very special. It's a committee that will be specially special to investigate Hunter Biden. They'll consume it away from the House of Representatives. You need to worry about policymaking. Don't worry about investigations. I got this. Hold my beer. We got this. They'll investigate it. It'll last probably two years after the election time. We'll never hear a whole lot from it again. And then at the end of the day, it'll just quietly disappear, probably after Joe Biden's not in office any longer, because now the rumor is, is according to some from Vice.com that say that they have the tweet tweets internally from the inside, that Joe Biden's going to be dropping out of the, the primary race relatively soon in the rising up star that could potentially taking that slot. None other than Michelle Obama. And while the Biden family has been caught red-handed, they don't want any more blood on their hands, or at least they don't want to be caught with the blood on their hands. They don't want to actually have to pay the time. So now they'll quietly start bowing out, potentially, theoretically, allegedly. They'll start bowing out. They'll fade away, let someone rise to the top and run in the race, and then the Bidens can just disappear, live their lives like normal, and then Hunter Biden will never see any jail time. Hunter Biden will never see any jail time, and will never see an impeachment process happen at all that's their goal with all of this and they're pretty frustrated and republicans seem pretty feisty about it as well well i tell you what 1.3 million ohioans stood oh that's the wrong clip there that was the uh, uh that's another one we'll get to a little bit later but that was jason smith earlier saying yeah this is probably not the best idea an extremely corrupt doj over that sweetheart plea agreement deal that the judge in Delaware throughout just a few weeks ago as saying it was awful and unfair. There were provisions within that, that sweetheart plea deal that granted complete immunity to Hunter Biden. For and that's what they want again. Remember that deal? And the judge was like, what is, what is this? If they agreed to that, it would have been the slap on the wrist for the taxes. 
It would have washed away the whole possession of a firearm illegally while in possession of drugs. And then it also would have given immunity for any time frame of anything that happened within that same time frame, which is the same time frame where a lot of the shenanigans was happening with the Biden family as well that we're currently under investigation with trying to look into to figure out why we're seeing so much corruption happen right now. Sneaky, sneaky. And now that it didn't work, the panics kicked in underwater. Right now, they're the ducks. They look nice and calm on the water. Everything's fine. We'll just go to trial. We pleaded not guilty. This is a whole bunch of shenanigans. Joe Biden, every time he gets asked about it, I knew you were going to ask a stupid question. No, this is, it never happened. We literally have you on text and on audio saying that, that otherwise. I didn't know what was going on. That's a stupid question. Laughing it off. Thank God not the uh, the, the uh, Harris, uh, what's her name, Kamala Harris cackle that drives all of us nuts. We're just laughing it off. But behind the scenes, man, kicking and squirming, freaking out, man, trying to get the DOJ involved so that way they can take over and make it go away. Ironically, where a lot of the money was coming from for the Biden family was obviously the Ukrainian government and uh, uh, Burisma and a lot of the ties that they have with those businesses. And while this is still trying to be swept under the rug and just completely ignored, we have the latest showing that, uh, oh, yeah, the Biden family is trying to advocate for another $20 billion to the com- uh, country of Ukraine because they are on the precipice of winning this war, of pushing uh, Russia back by completing the mission that they set out to do. They're so close to doing it. All we need is that last little push. And the Biden administration now authorizing another $20 billion going to the country of Ukraine. How much money have we sent over there? Oh, yeah. And how much money did we authorize to raise our debt ceiling just two months ago because we were going to not be able to pay our bills because we ran ourselves out of money? But they need it more than us, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. Always a pleasure to have you with us for the ride today. The Department of Justice thinking they got away with something, man. They are so excited. Don't worry about it. We got this. And right now, according to those that are only half paying attention to this whole situation think it's a great deal well the department of justice they're the department of justice they're the doj they are the legal team of the country of course there's no bias going on of course there's no rabble rousing going on and if they come back and say it's squeaky clean and it was all a misunderstanding then of course that's what we're gonna go with that's just what we have to believe they think they got away with something man But uh, many are calling it out, and thank God that we are. And finally, finally, we're starting to see some feistiness and pushback from the Republican Party calling a lot of this out. Obviously, that was Jason Smith we played earlier today with the Ways and Means Committee in the House of Representatives. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy also coming out, making a statement. This is about Biden's DOJ. Uh, This action by Biden's DOJ cannot be used to obstruct congressional investigations or whitewash the Biden family corruption. If Wise negotiated the sweetheart deal that couldn't get approved, how can he be trusted as a special counsel? Yeah, remember, the same guy that's running the special counsel now is the same guy that was like, oh, yeah, let's put together the plea deal for Hunter Biden where really there's nothing that's going to be going on. Don't worry. Again, these aren't the joy Joe looking for. 
Uh, Jim Jordan tweeted out as well, David Wise said first that he didn't have the power needed and wanted special counsel status. Then he said he had all the power he needs. Now he gets special counsel status because he didn't really have the power that he needs. Something's not right. Congresswoman Lauren Boeber on the Tweety. I'm sorry, X. I like Tweety. I like the Twitter. I don't know about this X thing. Lauren Boebert said Merrick Garland just announced that uh, he will appoint U.S. Attorney Wise as special counsel to look into Hunter, Hunter Biden's matters. This is the same U.S. attorney who just tried to give Hunter a sweetheart deal. Given how Hunter has been treated this far, pardon me if I'm not extremely overcautious. It, it goes on and on. Republicans finally questioning and standing up. Given Hunter Biden has been treated so far, pardon me if he's not extremely excited that anyone will actually come to this as well. What kind of conclusion do you think is going to happen? And how long do you think it's going to take to happen? If they're the ones running the show with the DOJ consuming different investigations like this, then what do you think is going to happen here? Will we ever see something come of this? Probably not. We can go after Donald Trump. We can go after January Sixers. We can go after whoever, but Hunter Biden, yeah, let it fade off to the wayside. I'm telling you, I'm optimistic because this is not going to play well for them. This is going to look even more corrupt than before, and there are so many people that are now alert, awake, and aware of what the heck's happening that they're trying to – they haven't gotten it yet. They have not it's – the, it's the kid that doesn't quite get the baseball swing. They try, and they try, and they try, and you try to teach him, and you teach him, and you teach him, but until they actually get that aha muscle memory moment – they continue to struggle, and they just don't get it. And right now, the progressives, they're in that limbo of they just don't get what they're doing. They think that centralizing more power to them is going to solve the issue when literally the move to to centralize power and give themselves more power has been their Achilles heel that's been bringing them down more and more, especially with the moderate Democrats who are sick and tired of hearing about corruption. They're sick and tired of, about hearing about going after Donald Trump or this investigation or that investigation. Congress, government in general, has not been focusing on the right priorities for many individuals. They're tired of hearing about Trump indictments. They're tired of hearing about Joe Biden or Hunter Biden investigations. They want the economy to be fixed when we have over $4 gallons of gas right now. We have another month of 3.2% inflation rates where they're like, oh, it went up a little bit for the first time in 12 months, but it was expected. It's okay. Nobody freak out. The economy is still great. You love your economy right now. Trying to put magic spells on us for us to be all giddy about how great the economy is. We need to address those issues. Now, Republicans should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time and get rid of the corruption out of D.C. by putting these people behind bars. But at the same time, we have to address these other issues as well. Democrats, it's the Trump distraction syndrome that we used earlier today. Lots more coming up. Kathy Barnett right around the corner with the Ramaswamy presidential campaign. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeedy. Welcome back into the program. It is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Pleasure to have you for the ride today as we continue to move through the Friday on the home stretch here already, man. It flies right on by. And we always love having you here. Hey, I want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. They are growing like a weed right now, and they are doing some massive campaign pushes to let people know what's really going on, especially with this Bidenomics. As you know, the economy has been held stagnant for the last three years, 15 to 20% inflation. They say there's economic growth, 
but we're just trying to maintain our lifestyle. And when things are more expensive, we have to spend more in order to keep buying those things. And then they're like, ha people are spending more money. It's a lie. It's time to unleash real economic progress across the nation, which is why Americans for Prosperity have launched their new nationwide campaign for the summer that's calling out the Bidenomics for what it actually is, which is the failed economic policy. The real fact checkers are officially here, baby, and it's time to let people know what's really going on. You can be part of the Bidenomics' broken campaign by letting everyone know about the truth on what's going on with the economy. You can help knock doors, making phone calls, financially supporting the organization, or just being able to talk to members of your community, your family, your friends, your neighbors, and bring some truth, reason, and common sense back into the economy. That's what's happening with Americans for Prosperity. They're the country's largest grassroots organization with chapters in every single state and over 4 million advocates nationwide. By far, again, the largest grassroots organization nationwide. For more information on how you can help this massive campaign for truth or for the information to take to the streets with that truth and common sense, find all the information online at americansforprosperity.org, americansforprosperity.org, plus follow them on their social media at AFPHQ, again, AFPHQ and all their social media sites. Help reignite that American dream, which is still alive, but we have to preserve it by calling out the failed Biden economic policy with Americans for prosperity. All right, I talked to the group with Kathy Barnett. She's not able to make it right now as she's on another uh, media push right now. So we'll get her back on the show either later on in the program or later at a different date. Not a big deal, but it also, it honestly, it's okay. It's give us time to really discuss Vivek Ramaswamy. And we can kind of prepare ourselves to chat with her going into our interview, probably and hopefully next week at some point, which by the way, we are going to be doing a new campaign next week is we've never done this on The Voice of Reason before, but we're going to do our salute. We're all going to die because of you! To health. <laughs> As we talk to different doctors every single day next week. Now, that's not going to be the entire topic of every single day, but we're going to have a different doctor on the show each day next week to talk about different aspects of your health from COVID-19 to vaccines to back to school to uh, mental health issues to whatever else. So we're really excited about it. We've never done a themed show like that for an entire week, a week-long theme. And I think we're going to continue this if it goes well and if you enjoy it going into next week. So nonetheless, we're going to get Kathy Barnett on the program later, but I want to discuss Vivek Ramaswamy for a moment. Because he's rising in the polls, and we don't know honestly much about him other than the feistiness that he's had. And he's been one of those guys that has been extremely, quote-unquote, feisty. He has loved taking on the mainstream media, calling him out on certain issues. And we got to give him credit when Donald Trump was having his issue down in Miami and he had his court hearing down there. While he was in the courtroom, Vivek Ramaswamy was the only candidate that was down in Miami with him, holding a press conference outside, saying that if he became president, that he would pardon Donald Trump. And he was calling on all the other Republican candidates to do so as well, saying that we need unity among the Republican Party. No more of this divisiveness. We can challenge each other ideally. We can come up with new conservative principles to run as a candidate for your platform, but we need to stop bickering and beating each other up amongst each other and being able to move forward as a unified party, which yeah is desperately needed. So I give him credit for that. Well done. Well done. We don't hear that very often, but what's really the story with Vivek Ramaswamy, the guy that's now in second place in the national polls presidentially, is Ron DeSantis continues to decline. He's doing some internal changes from his campaign, firing his campaign manager, bringing somebody else on. Donald Trump still, again, I'm putting this into perspective here, Donald Trump still in a wide margin length over 
any of the candidates by about 30, 40% above all of them, uh, with Trump still sitting 65, 70% approval rating, and everybody else at about the teen levels. So Vivek Ramaswamy still has a ways to go to catch Donald Trump, but is making his ground getting up to that second place position. What does he stand for? Because the way it sounds to me is that uh, Ramaswamy is another populist. He's not a conservative. He has some conservative ideals, but he's a millennial. He's a guy that likes to argue and fight. And fight. He's not a politician. He's an entrepreneur, doesn't have a record, and yet is coming out very bold on some issues and gaining some popularity because of how bold he's taking the stand on many issues as well. The question is, can we trust him? I mean, we got to be honest. That is a bit concerning. At the same time, Donald Trump was the insane position, wasn't he? He wasn't a Republican before. He was a registered Republican just a few years prior to. He had a record of donating to Democrat candidates. We didn't know where exactly he stood on issues. He was very good at marketing himself, being a business guy that he was, without actually saying anything, doing the typical politician thing. We didn't know what we were getting with Donald Trump. We were hoping, and I'll be one of the first to admit that I was late to the game on the Donald Trump bandwagon because, well, uh, we didn't know what we were going to get. And I openly said I was a Ted Cruz guy. I liked the Constitution. I liked the conservative stance. I liked what he had to say. Donald Trump was a wild card, and he did a lot of really good things. He did some not-so-good things as well, but he did some really good things. And we'll see if he becomes the nominee and if he becomes president again what he could do moving forward. But he was a wild card then. Now he's got a bit of a proven record. We know at least kind of, sort of, what a presidential administration would look like under Trump, which would be full of massive drama. It would be full of cleaning house in the in the White House and in Washington, D.C. It would be full of constant negativity from the media. It would be with increased threats of uh, hate crimes and of Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all these other organizations that would make threats of wanting to blow up the White House and then nobody following through trying to check up on those at all. We know what we would get under a Trump administration. What would we get with a potential Ramaswamy? administration. According to mattlabash.substack.com, he did a bit of a uh, deep dive into Ramaswamy and came up with about the same history of what Donald Trump had. According to the report where he talks about the Ramaswamy tsunami, he said that uh, looking back in his history, Ramaswamy had declined that he had been certified election results. Uh, he had gone along with the Mike Pence issue, vowed to pardon Donald Trump if he was convicted for trying to overturn the 2020 election, and admitted back in 2021 that, quote, Joe Biden is our legally elected president. Okay, well, he was. I mean, so I guess there's that. You can't really argue with that. Uh, in one of his books prior, Ramaswamy had supported an inheritance tax rate as high as 59% which many Iowans in rural communities know less fondly as the quote-unquote death tax, according to this. And if that's true, that's a cause for concern. I don't want any inheritance tax or death tax. That should be zero, not 60%, zero. Hand it over to my family and you have to tax the hell out of it and take the majority of it. To hell with you. Not okay with that, if that's true. This is, again, according to a blogger trying to show how hypocritical Ramaswamy may be. He goes on and in a sarcastic, snarky kind of mindset, though he's now posing as God's gift to Republicans. He's re registered as unaffiliated in the state of Ohio where he lives and has never voted Republican nationally until he backed to Trump in 2020. Campaign finance records show him giving money to Democrats instead, including a state Senate candidate in Massachusetts with longtime Obama administration ties who'd been endorsed by conservatives, um, uh, Senate, Senator Elizabeth Warren, 
Ramaswamy's campaign claimed the donation was to a college friend and should not be read as a political statement. Most hilariously, he continues, this is it reading, not me, McCormick revealed that uh, Vivek's been making his bones as an anti-woke warrior while chief executives of the Sciences and Axel Vant Sciences. He signed a joint 2017 letter that was created by the Massachusetts Biotechnology Council calling for, quote, driving diversity and inclusion in the industry. To which Ramaswamy responded to the journal, quote, I don't recall signing that. I never signed or authorized the signing of that. Pushing for wokeness, the diversity and inclusion in science and biotechnology. Now, again, this is a hit piece on him. This is a slander to try and bring him down. Maybe because the progressives want Donald Trump to be the nominee because they think it would be easy for them to try and attack him. But let's just say theoretically that these things are true. And if they are, does that change the momentum that Ramaswamy has as the new conservative populist rising to the second position in the presidential polls under the Republican umbrella? And if it does, then where does he fall? Does he just disappear? Is he... Uh, a fake conservative trying to win over that populist movement. On the same hand, we have to remember that not to judge too quickly because it sounds to me like he's got the exact same history as what Donald Trump had. And Vivek Ramaswamy saw the opportunity of, oh, hey, you know what? The Republican Party is all about entrepreneurship and economic explosion. The progressives have gone too far to the left and have become socialist. And obviously voting in 2020, he's only voted in a couple presidential campaigns. If he's a millennial like myself, we've only been able to vote in a few. My very first one was the Barack Obama, John McCain one, which, ugh, come on, man. Come on. Ugh. That was a bad race. I, I definitely had to, I was like, this is, this is the excitement of voting? I'm not excited about in this one. I'll plug my nose and vote for John McCain. <laughs> So he doesn't have a massive voting record, voted independent until registering as a Republican under Donald Trump, bringing the MAGA Republican mindset to the forefront, being an entrepreneur that he is, wanting to explode the economy, get things back on track economically, if that's what you believe he says he's doing. Or you could see one of his previous books where he talks about a potential 60% death tax or inheritance tax that he advocates for. Why? It's a great question. And a question I think we need to ask when we talk to Kathy Barnett, when we talk to the Ramaswamy campaign later on on the program in the next few days, the next week or so, we'll get them on and try to talk about, hey, this record that he has, is he legitimate or is he trying to fool that Republican Party? But I will say that historically speaking, the guy that tried with the same history behind him turned out to be semi-decent for Republicans-ish, at least for the most part. We'll see if this one does as well. One more segment right around the corner. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into it. Last couple of minutes here on the home stretch here for The Voice of Reason on a Friday. Always great to have you. Make sure to check us out for our syndicated program this weekend. We got a lot to talk about there. I'm excited, ready to go, pumped up. Let's do this thing, baby. That'll be our syndicated program, The Voice of Reason's Weekend Edition. Also, I know that I am late this month and we're like halfway through the month already, but. 
Our newsletter will be out on Monday, and there's a reason that I waited this long is because I really wanted to do a specialty blog this month as Mrs. Voice of Reason has been launching her Hoosier Health products and working on her stuff really well. And she wrote a blog that came out this week regarding back-to-school health for children. And I figured it was be it would be the appropriate timing for that one. So we're going to be using her blog, but I wanted to wait until she released it before we actually posted it. So it's coming out Monday. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter yet, go to HoosierReason.com. Again, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. It'll pop up, say, do you want to become a Hoosier-holic? You're like, uh, yeah. Sign up, put your email in. We don't spam you. It's completely free. We just send you a once-a-month email that has our blog and some other cool stuff on there. So go and check it out. Sign up. That'll be out on Monday, and we're really excited about that one. The Republican Party is such a weird quandary to me. We are so all over the place, it's not even funny. We have the state of Kansas, where our state Republican Party is in absolute shambles right now, unfortunately. We have a major loss of an election in the state of Ohio with a 60-40 shutting down a constitutional amendment that would have altered how we change the Constitution in the state of Ohio, ironically. And then on the other front, we're trying to clean house and trying to make the party more conservative, which is why we ask the question, if, God forbid, whatever may happen with the Donald Trump administration, I'm not saying that he's going to be in jail or that he would be the best candidate or whatever, but regardless... If it's not Donald Trump setting him aside right now, although the polls show that he would be the easy win in the primary if it were held today, who would it be? And looking at those candidates in Ramaswamy, seems like right now he's got a lot of momentum. Although he could be peaking too soon, I don't know, because if he's peaking now, we're still a year out. You got a ways to go there, buddy. Got to remember how to do this for the long haul here. Not going for the short sprint. But nonetheless, uh, what is he actually about? What does he believe? Do you trust what he has to say if he has a bit of a sketchy record? At the same time, Donald Trump had a bit of a sketchy record as well when he first got in there. So the party's all over the place because now in the state of Utah, the latest headline from Fox News shows that 60% of Republican leaders in the state of Utah are now starting to go up against the man himself, Mitt Romney, by pushing the current Speaker of the House in the Utah uh, legislature to challenge him in a Senate race. Booting him out. He's done. Finito. And that seems like about the same amount of numbers that we saw when Liz Cheney ended up losing her seat in the state of Wyoming because, well, the Republican Party had had enough of her and we didn't want that brand of rhino establishment wishy-washiness in D.C. And we booted her the heck out of office. So good news out of Utah. That's awesome. Let's continue that momentum. On the same front, uh, even with the big loss that happened in the state of Ohio this week with their Ohio issue number one, the Secretary of State there, Frank LaRose, was on Fox News earlier today and said that he's still relatively optimistic on what's going on in that state. Well, I tell you what, 1.3 million Ohioans stood with us in another free and fair election. We released the results on election night. That's this thing we do in Ohio. Other states should check out. Proud to say that as Ohio's chief elections officer. But you're right, the other side prevailed. This is just one battle in a much larger war, though, because the all-out assault on Ohio is coming from the radical left. I mean, look at the tech billionaires from California and New York that funded the No campaign, and they've got other bad plans. This radical abortion amendment this November that takes away parental rights, uh, they, they want to bring a minimum wage increase, a massive increase in minimum wage to Ohio that would put Ohioans out of work and even the mayor of Cleveland said last week, he said the quiet part out loud, they want to do common sense gun reform, which means they want to disarm law-abiding citizens. So, yeah, we lost uh, one battle, but the war continues, and I've just begun to fight. 
That audio from Fox News from earlier today. Speaking of, I don't know if you've seen uh, regarding Second Amendment issues. I don't know if you've seen, but there are some courts around the nation that have made a legal decision saying that those that have criminal records cannot be stopped from getting firearms. And the courts have held that, which is good to a degree, depending on um, how far along they've had with their criminal record and punishment and whether, you know, it's kind of past it and they've cleaned themselves up and they're ready to go to carry the firearm again. But the liberal judges, the ones that are making that decision, I find quite ironic when they're trying to take guns away from law-abiding citizens but preserving it for some of the criminals are quite interesting. Politics is a mess right now. The Republican Party all over the place. Kudos to Utah trying to clean up Mitt Romney. That's a major one that needs to go. But again, elections have consequences. And what happened in Ohio, we've said it for the last few days, that's going to be hard on that state moving forward. We'll see what that does to the presidential races and a heck of a lot more moving forward. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. Make sure to tune in for our syndicated weekend edition program as well. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.